As you guys know, if you've been around here at all, one of the things that we really believe that God has called us to here at Gravity Church is to try to find other nonprofits and other churches that God is using and that their hearts are similar to ours and that it's all about God and his kingdom. And Pregnancy Resource Center is just an incredible ministry here in town that a lot of churches have found and have found ways to support. And, and uh, so we try to find those. You guys had, you know, when we had Jake come in here from the 180 Teen Center, it's another ministry here in town that we just think is just doing fantastic things to be able to reach into the hearts of kids that need something more than what a church service can provide. They need something more than something as formalized as this. And so they're going and they're being the hands and feet of Jesus and they're going where the people live. And it's just an exciting thing. And so we love to be able to do anything that we can to try to help them, to resource them, to give them what they need and, and what, they, uh, what they can use to, to survive. So if you have something that you would like to uh, do something, please talk to Jeannie in the... In, uh, the coffee bar afterwards and she'll answer any of your questions or let you know how they take donations or any of those things. Tonight's a cool night for us. We have been working through <clears throat> the last um, several weeks the story of God. We've been talking about what an amazing story God has to tell. We started off at the very beginning of the story where God created everything. We started off on this story looking at the fact that God's idea for this that you and I see, the world that we live in, God's idea for it was perfect. It was perfection. There was no sickness. There was no hate. There were no wars. <clears throat> there was no anger. There was no abuse. There was no addiction. God's idea when he created this world was for it to be perfect. And then over the course of the last several weeks, we've been taking God's story and opening it up and reading it page by page, chapter by chapter. And we discovered something that a lot of us didn't know. We discovered that God has actually felt a lot of the similar emotions that you and I have felt. If I were to ask you to raise your hands tonight and I were to say, how many of you have ever felt the pain of tragically losing somebody in your family before, all of us in this room would raise our hands. We'd say, yeah, I know what that feels like. Well, we read in the Bible the story of God creating Adam and Eve, his perfect children, and how he had such a relationship with them that everything that he created all around was for their enjoyment. And God was just, he was just into this relationship with them so much. And then one day, as we read the story, somebody came in between him and his children, a liar. A liar came in and told God's kids, you can't trust your father. He's lying to you. And as a result, they believed that lie. And this snake, sin, came in between God and his kids. And we found out that God's kids were literally taken ransom. They were taken captive. They were kidnapped. And we found out that God had a plan to get them back. And the reason I said tonight is a really great night is because we've been building up to this plan of God. We've been building up to this moment where we get to understand the depths of how far God went to get you back, to get me back. You see, we've seen the curse of sin handed down 
from father to son, from generation to generation. We can look at the tragedies throughout history and every single one of those pain causing tragedies has its roots in the garden of Eden. When that original lie was believed, it's horrible, it's tragic. And yet God had a plan to fix it. God had a plan to take the ugliness and the pain and the hurt and to bring about something that only God can do. And that is he's going to make it something beautiful in our lives. We talked about these words up on these canvases. We talked about how up here you have all of these hard words to look at. You have words like suffering and death right alongside words like victory and freedom and salvation. We talked about how it's all intertwined. We talked about how God has been executing his plan perfectly from the moment this all happened. And how God takes all of these things in our life, all of these hard words and all of these beautiful words, and he combines them together and he makes us. He makes a beautiful thing. And last week we learned that God actually comes inside of us in a way that only God can do. And he says, I need you to believe in me and I will cause you to be born again. I will cause you to become brand new again. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that an amazing thought to think about your life right now and all of the things that you know are involved in your life and all of the things that you know, the ingredients of your life and to think that God can make all of that brand new again. It's nuts when you think about it. And yet it's the most beautiful plan I've ever heard because God doesn't waste anything. God doesn't make us ignore the pain. He doesn't make us ignore the things that we've done wrong. He doesn't make us ignore the wrongs in our life. As a matter of fact, he uses it and it becomes the Plato of our lives and he forms something awesome out of it. And so tonight is a very special night because tonight we get to learn what it is that God had in his heart from the beginning of time. When we learned that God had a secret plan, we get to learn that in that secret plan, it was to bring us back together with our father. If you have your Bibles, open them with me to the book of Colossians. And if you don't, we're going to put the words up in front of you on the screen. But I'm going to read them for you. In Colossians chapter 1, and verse 19, it says, <clears throat> For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And by him, God reconciled everything to himself. God made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of his blood on the cross. This includes you, you who were once so far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. And yet now he has brought you back as his friends. He has done this through his death on the cross in his own human body. And as a result, he has brought you into the very presence of God. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Reconcile. To reconcile something 
literally means to bring it back together again. To bring it back together. When something was torn apart, when something was lost, when something was once together, but it was no longer together, it has to be reconciled to be brought back to that original state. You guys realize that that's our story? You may not realize it sitting here tonight because we weren't the actual characters in the, in the cast in the Garden of Eden, but there are distant brothers and sisters that were there. Our story with God is that we were once together and we were torn apart. We once had relationship and it was destroyed and we died as a result of it. That's our story. And to hear that God had a plan from the very beginning to reconcile us back together, to bring us back together with himself makes me happy. I don't know about you, but it makes me really happy to know that God had a plan and God had a way to pull this off. See, when we talked about a few weeks ago, the fact that sin had taken us captive, the Bible says we were slaves. We couldn't do anything about it. But God sent Jesus, as we learned, to become just like us. He came to become a man because God was tired of being misunderstood. God was tired of being blamed for things that he had nothing to do with. And God says, I want them to know me. I want to have a relationship with them. I'm going to go and I'm going to be with them. I'm going to live with them. I'm going to breathe the same air as them. And so Jesus came to the world. And the Bible says in Colossians right here that he reconciled everything to himself. Jesus came and everything that was lost, he brought it back home. Now, this is, this is a great, great thing for us to understand because I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of losing something before, something precious, something valuable. But if you have, then you understand the emotions attached to that feeling of loss and to have somebody bring back what you once treasured is crazy and beautiful and exciting to feel the pain of the loss and then to feel the thrill of the reunion, to feel the thrill of, I've got it back again. I've got it back again. You see, when we read this story, when we read God's story throughout scripture, when we read it in its entirety and we understand it for what it is, we understand that God was not content to be without us. We understand that God was not content to be without relationship with us. We understand that God had gone to great lengths to try to have us understand who he was. You guys remember the story in the Bible where God is talking to this man, Moses, and he's like, Moses, my people are a wreck. They're a mess. And Moses is like, yeah, God, and they're pulling my hair out trying to lead these people. It's nuts. And God's like, all right, let's, let's give them the law. Let's give them the Ten Commandments. You guys know the Ten Commandments? Anybody want to recite them for me? I won't do that to you. But God is saying, there's got to be a way to connect. There's got to be a way to connect 
me with them. Now, I don't know about you, but when I want to connect with somebody, and the first thing they do is lay out for me 700 and some odd laws and rules of the relationship or rules of the way that we're supposed to connect, it's rather impersonal, don't you think? It's kind of one of those things that's not very, doesn't give you the warm and fuzzy feeling of, wow, I'm really going to get to know this person by following these steps or these rules of the game. If you've ever been in a relationship with somebody that has rules, you know how difficult it can be. And I'm not talking about the kind of rules like, you know, clean up your dishes after you use them type of rules. I'm talking about the ones that are more emotional. It's difficult. It's frustrating. It's hard to get past those rules. God says that. God said, it's hard for me to get past it. As a matter of fact, God said, my law, it can't change their hearts. They can try all day long to try to keep all these rules, and some of them are doing an okay job. But the problem is, is that I want their heart. I want to feel them. I want them to feel me. I want to know them, and these rules aren't doing it. I got to find a different way to bring them back through Jesus. He sent his son. And so as we read and as we learned last week of the amazing story of Nicodemus and Jesus and how Jesus makes the claim that God so loved the world that he sent his only son for us, that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life, we found out that God was after us. And then he made this promise that we read last week. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says, what this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They're not the same anymore. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all this, new, all this newness of life is from God who brought us back to himself through what Christ did. And then he says, God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God, check this out. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He was no longer counting people's sins against them. And this is the wonderful message that he has given us to tell others. We, you and me sitting here tonight, are Christ's ambassadors. And God is using us to speak to you. And so we urge you, as though Christ himself were standing here with a microphone pleading with you, be reconciled to God. Because God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So as God's partners, we beg you not to reject this marvelous message of God's great kindness. For God says that at just the right time, I heard you. Hear that? At just the right time, I heard you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, God is ready to help you right now. Today is the day of salvation. God is ready to help you right now. God is ready to help me right now. God is ready to help us right now. You see, there's something so much more at work than just God coming and putting in place a plan. I don't know about you, but if I were to say, how many of you need some help in your life right now? <sighs> yeah. 
need a little help right now. See, this plan of being brought back together with God, it wasn't like yours and my life. You know, I don't know if you're a checklist person, but I'm a big checklist guy. It's like, if I've got a million things to do, I start making a list so that I can check them off the list and feel better about my chaotic life. This wasn't some checklist item that God did. Oh, Jesus came, he died, and now I can be back. Check, check, check. This was, in and of itself, the beginning of the relationship that God had been fighting for all of this time. This is, in and of itself, the beginning of the story of us and God and how we connect with him and how we go on. And you know what it said right there? It said, now that you have heard of God's great love, now that you have heard the message of God's grace, you are now God's ambassadors. You are now God's representatives. You are now the ones that have a story to tell. You are now the ones that have the ability to go and reach out. And he says it right here. He says, if God was standing right here, he would be talking through you and he would be telling through you, everybody that you know, you need to be reconciled with God. You need to be brought back together with God. You need to have that connection with God that has been lost. Because what this literally means at the core of the issue, if we get rid of all of the fluff and all of the other stuff, at the core of the issue is God came to give us life. And when you come in contact with real life, you know what happens to you? You start to live. You come alive. Some of you have never lived life. I know you're 30, 40, 50, 20, whatever however old you are. But some of you in this room, you have been waking up every day asking yourself the same question over and over. What is this all about? Why am I here? What is this? What's the point? And you have never had the opportunity to live life. And the reason is because you have not come in contact with real life. You see, God is offering you life. He wants to come inside of you and he wants to change you. He wants to wreck you. He wants to come inside of you and he wants to show you what living is really all about. I have to confess something to you all tonight. It's going to be hard to do. Please don't judge me. We have an ant problem at our house. No, it's bad. We have an ant infestation at our house. Okay, I went first. Is there anybody else here? Anybody else here struggling with ants tonight? Thank you. I want to really be honest with you guys tonight. I've never wanted to take a shotgun and shoot this small little thing like I do right now in my life. Because no matter where we go in the morning, when we open up our eyes and we walk around the house, they have found a new place to show us their love. And we've had the pest guys come out and we've done all that stuff. And I've done the bait and I've done this and that. I'm going to buy an ant eater. I've decided. I'm just going to go get one. Throw a leash on that bad boy and just let him go to town. 
I don't know if they're illegal in California, but we're going to try to find out. I know it's funny to think of God talks to me in crazy ways sometimes, but as I was sitting watching the ants this week, I was watching how pre-programmed they were to run after whatever food or whatever object it was that they had. And if you ever watch them, you see them. They kind of scurry around just one at a time until they find what they're looking for. And then they send out this like undecipherable mayday, mayday sound. And then all of a sudden, there's a million of them just making a single file line and just carrying off whatever it is that they're trying to attack and eat and conquer or whatever it is. And there's such a determination. There's such a militance. There's such a, I'm going to get this about them that it just, you just can't win. Now you're saying, how am I going to tie this into what we're talking about? When I look at my life and I look at the lives around me and I think, how many people are really coming in contact with real life? And are they running after that? Or are they running after whatever else they see or whatever else they hear about or whatever else media exposes them to or whatever else they, they happen to be stimulated by? I'm reminded of the determination of those little ants and how we run after all the wrong things sometimes. What are you running after tonight? What are you running after? What is it in your life that you think is going to give you that? You know what that is, right? It's hope, joy, peace, satisfaction. It's whatever that is. We're running after it and we're like those determined ants. We're just going after it and we're not thinking about it. We're just going and we're just determined that this is what I really need. What you really need tonight is to be reconciled with God. What you really need tonight is to know your Father in heaven. What you really need tonight is to hear the words that only he can say to you. They're not words that I can tell you. They're not words that your parents can tell you or some other pastor can tell you. They're only words that your father in heaven can say to you. And he can only tell them to you when you develop that relationship. When you learn how to hear his voice, when you give yourself to it, when you talk to him and when you open up to him, is it hard? I don't know if it's necessarily hard, but it's different. It's like no other relationship I've ever experienced on this earth. It's hard to get to know somebody that you can't see. It's hard to talk to somebody that you really can't hear. We read the Bible and he talks to us through it. We have conversations with each other and we hear God in those conversations. We pray for one another and we sense God in the middle of those prayers. We come here as we're about to do tonight and we take communion together and as we take the bread and as we dip it in the juice, there's something holy and there's something real that comes into that moment with God. It's different. It's not like any other relationship that you'll ever have on this earth and it's one that you will never, ever figure out. 
It's when you'll never get the rules figured out. You'll never get the formula mastered. You'll never dial it in to say, oh, God, I got you nailed now. I do this, 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 and poof, you do that. And he's just like, you have no clue. And yet, there's nothing more satisfying. There's nothing more real. There is nothing worth giving yourself to that I have ever experienced in my life than that. Would you pray with me? Lord, right now, we come to you as we are. God, we are, we are so human. We are so earthly. We are so flesh and blood. And you are so high above us. And yet, in your greatness, you came to us. Lord, in your compassion and in your mercy, you found a way to bring us back home where we belong. And so, Lord, tonight, we want to be honest with you. We don't want to fake it. We want to tell you where we're at. And each one of us is in a different place tonight. Each one of us needs to tell you the truth for our own life and our own situation. So, God, tonight, as we come to this table as we come to this opportunity table, we pray that you'd meet us here in our honesty. And as we get real with you, I know you'll get real with us. 